to Matthew chapter 7 and James chapter 1 and Colossians chapter 3. The older I get, the more scripture it takes to, to get her done. Matthew 7. You know, from my heart to the youth and children, and, uh, and it always has been, it's one thing for us to uh, I want them to excel in, in something that they will, after they graduate from high school, they'll have a good job or, or go on to college. Uh, my feeling is, you know, college was okay with me when I had a purpose. But if I didn't have a purpose, it, it would have become for this old boy a party, hearty time, and I, I, I didn't need it. But when the purpose came, I went to college. I've got my four years plus uh, behind me, and uh, but it had it had a purpose for me. But the thing that I'm concerned about, you guys, and this entire church, is that we can have everything going our way. Our kids, our grandkids, everybody be doing it right. The business being blessed, money's coming into your your bank account, and everything's okay. But you can miss the very uh, probably if you're not careful, the most important thing. And I want you to see it because Jesus, if he ever brought it to light, if he ever hammered it, if he ever dealt with it in a very specific way, he did in Matthew 7, beginning with verse 21. He said, not all people who sound religious are really godly. They may refer to me as Lord, but they still won't enter into the kingdom of heaven. The decisive issue is whether, and this is what we need to be teaching our children. This is what we need to be teaching our youth. You adults need to get it, or I promise you, you won't, by the time you find out, it'll be too late. You won't be able to blame me. You won't be able to blame Jason. You won't be blaming Joe or whoever else that you've let, listened to and you sat under under the past. Jesus said the decisive issue is whether or not you obey my Father, which is in heaven. Now, let me tell you why this is important. This past week, we had a memorial service in here, and it was a, it was a, a lady that was of our past. And she had, they didn't hide it, and they, they, they didn't say anything. They, they, were, they were very respectable to their mama, but their mama had a drug problem. She was an addict. And she died going out that way. And you say, well, I just can't believe a person could be that way and, and die and go to heaven. Well, if you're a believer, you go to heaven. I don't give a rip what you believe, what you teach. I don't care because if you're saved, you're saved. We all have problems. And all of you, some of you are going to die with an issue of sin. I promise you won't die perfect. But because Jesus was perfect, you can be in him. On to judgment day, many will tell me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name. We perform many mighty miracles in your name. Then Jesus said, but I will reply, I never knew you. The things, he said, go away. 
The things you did were unauthorized. In James 1, 2, 26 and 27, if you claim to be religious and don't control your tongue, you're just fooling yourself. Your religion's worthless. Pure and lasting religion in the sight of God, our Father, means that we must care for the orphans and widows in their troubles and refuse to let the world corrupt us. Now listen. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, For by grace are we saved through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. But you and I are created under Jesus Christ as his workmanship unto. Now, not because of, but unto good works. Jesus never did say, get saved and live the way you want to. He don't teach that. He says, because you receive me and I'm in you, you won't live, you won't want to live the way you want to. You'll want to live the way I want you to. And Jesus put it plain in Matthew 7, because you will obey the will of the Father. That will be your passion. Now, if you're in here and you've never desired in your heart one time to obey Jesus, want to, want to believe Jesus, you just got up and said, Jesus saved me, and you went out and you've never, you've never indicated that Jesus is ever in you, then there is a good chance you're lost. Because when Jesus is on the inside, my friend, things begin to happen. To begin to change. And that's taken place in many of your lives. You see, John 10, 9, Jesus said, I'm the door, and by me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. I only ask you guys one question. Have you entered into the door that Jesus provided for you? Have you done that? Have you stepped through by faith, confessing with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and believed in your heart that he is God's son, and that God raised his son from the dead so you could be saved? Have you called upon the name of the Lord and said, God, I'm a sinner? And I'm sorry, and I'm repenting, and I'm accepting you as my Savior. Ladies and gentlemen, on the front end of that, that's what it takes. But once you've done that, you come under a great accountability to now do what? Obey Jesus. I don't know why anybody ever said that salvation was a free ride. It doesn't cost you in coming in. (laughs) But my friend, I've lost a bunch of friends in this world because I wouldn't go their trash way. 
I'm not putting myself up as perfection. I sin like everybody else, and I have to stand before 1 John 1, 9 just like all of us if, and confess that I've sinned and that God needs to cleanse me from the unrighteousness. But, I, but listen, there's a whole lot of stuff when I'm smoking dope. I don't smoke dope no more. I don't, well, I can't say I don't slip under my breath. If I get mad enough, I might cuss. I don't mean to, and I've never done it from this pulpit. I just wrote it down. Because if I let a word slip from this pulpit, some of you would go out of here and you would use me as your springboard and you'd never serve Jesus again. You know what? You're not supposed to follow a man. You're not supposed to follow flesh. You're not supposed to be holding somebody up so high on a pedestal that if they goof up, you're all down in the mouth and you can't serve Jesus anymore. The kind of Jesus that I serve can serve even if you don't make it. I can't. Even if I don't live right or you don't live right, I still can live right. Why? Because the power of sin has been broken on me. I don't have to choose to go that way. Now, Jody, I may not get to one point today. I told you, I warned you that. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 5, it says, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Some of you declare that you've got Jesus. You, you, you claim you have this form of religion, but there's no power on the inside. You don't feel close to Jesus you never have. You don't pray to Jesus because you don't care. You don't bring your Bible to the church because it don't mean nothing. But I tell you what, when I show up at a golf tournament, I take my doggone golf clubs. When I play softball, I take my bat now and my glasses. Terry Stoops, I didn't know this. Until I hung out some of the people who knew Terry and some of there's I won't mention some other people in here that they wouldn't gloat one minute, but they're home run hitters. Y'all know what that means, right? They can truly stand up and point. Now, if I st- if I did that and got up and said, I- I'd probably be pointing at something other than a home run. <laughs> now I was a home base hitter. Terry was a home run hitter, and Terry was a good pitcher. I understand he pitched so well, he could cause you to cuss. One day we're on the field, and I'd never seen Terry hit. Now, not a home run. I said, all right, Terry, you got a chance to prove yourself to your superior. We were trying out that pitching machine, you know. That liked to kill me the first time they hooked that thing up. And Terry said, Mike, I ain't going to say much about it. But, yeah, I've hit a few home runs in my life. But he said, I can't hit one today. I said, why not, man? I want to see it. He said, so do I. (laughs) He said, I can't see it no more. And what you can't see, you can't hit. I said, fair enough. We're living in a world We're living in a time when it's very popular to want to be religious. 
There was a recent survey revealed that 90% of all Americans believe in some kind of God. It's not popular today to be an atheist. It's not popular to be an agnostic. Everybody today, for some reason, wants to believe in some kind of God. Your God might be money. Your God might be your hobby. Your God might be your money. Your God might be your grandchildren or your children. But it may not be the Almighty Father that you follow. You follow everything else. And let me tell you something. What you talk about, what you're passionate about, that's your God. Some of you ain't talked about Jesus in a long time. Some of you haven't even mentioned his name. Long time. In America, what we don't need any more of is religion. We need to turn from religion and turn back to Jesus. For you see, everybody has some kind of faith, but some kind of religion, but real religion is not religion at all. You see, real religion, according to what Jesus teaches us, and the Father he, he stamps his approval on it, is, is simply a vital relationship with Jesus Christ. You know what that means? When you get up in the morning, Jesus is on your mind. When you're at lunchtime, Jesus is on your mind. When you lay your head down in the pillow at night, Jesus is on your mind. I'll tell you what, today, the, the average Christian who don't read the Bible who don't pray, who come one maybe one time to church a month. Maybe if we're lucky. And that's average Christianity. Don't sound like passion to me. Son, I'm more passionate at what I do. Whether it's bird hunting, I'm passionate about it. Whether it's raising bees, I'm passionate about it. Speaking of bees, last week, I'll tell you when I almost cussed. Somebody's saying up there, I can't believe the preacher is that transparent. I'm just that transparent about cussing. I ain't going to talk about my drinking. I don't drink, so don't go out here and say the preacher drinks. I ain't talking about it. I do drink water and tea and coffee. Some soft drinks. But I just got through unloading three nooks. If you don't know what a nook is, I'm not going to give you a bee. But it's three preliminary beehives. And I put them in permanent quarters. And I had, since I've moved, I had this, I had this cool thing that I could put on my head. Now, I look like a space person. But at least I wouldn't get stung. And I had this makeshift type thing working for me. And, and a bee got after me. And I'm going to tell you what, y'all are bad dudes in here. But I guarantee when a little old honeybee gets after you right there, you'll run. You'll run as fast as you can. Well, this little bee caught up with me and got in my net and stung me right there. Now, I wimped about that all night. Matter of fact, when I got up next morning, I looked like I got in a fight. And I did with a B. And I lost. <laughs> you see, when we have 
things go on in our life. We're passionate. I guarantee you, some of you are passionate about your work. You're passionate about your business. You're pa- well, why can't we be, if we're truly plugged into the Holy Spirit that I know, how come you're not passionate about Jesus? Why? Does he? Is he on your inside or is he not? I mean, I can hear you talk about everything in the world, but I don't hear a whole lot of average Christians today talking about Jesus. If somebody goes to talking about Jesus and having Bible studies, we call them weird. No, you're weird. If you're claiming to be a believer and you don't. There's so many people today confused about all this stuff, about what, uh, truth and, and about salvation, and they're teaching all this junk about it. And, and I, it's like the man went to a revival meeting, and God spoke to his heart during the, during the preaching, and during the invitation, he came down, and he was kneeling, and he began to pray, oh, Lord, I want to get saved. Well, here come one man down beside him and kneeled down beside him, and all of a sudden began to whisper in his ear, he said, he said, sir, hold on, brother. Hold on. Hold on. Well, here come another brother, and they got concerned. He got on the other side, and the other brother on the other side was saying, turn loose, turn loose, turn loose. The guy got so doggone confused, he almost didn't get saved. He didn't know whether to hold on or turn loose. I'm thinking today that the reason there's so many teachings They're not looking at what Jesus says. He's clear. A lot of people are like that today. They hear one preacher and one around say, Bless God, you got to do that. They hear another preacher, Bless God, you got to. Oh, see, I ain't going to do that kind of junk. If I hear something and something looks good, I go right here and I start digging on it. I said, now, before I start acting weird or doing something dumb, I'm going to make sure it's in the Bible. And if it's in the Bible, then, hey, that's cool. But I'm not going to run around saying, well, I'm more spiritual than you are because I do this. Look, you're just insecure. If you get secure in Jesus, you won't worry about who is the greatest in the kingdom. You won't worry about who's going to sit at the right hand of table. You heard that discussion, remember? At the, at the right side of Jesus when you die. You're not going to worry about that because you've got a connection with Jesus now. And he's speaking to you now. And you're serving him now. And your passion is about him and not this world. Because I got, te- I got news for you. Everything that from making money all the way down to whatever hobby that you might have is not going to follow you to the grave. I know what they're going to do with my junk when I'm gone. They're going to have one big yard sale. They'll give my bees to beekeepers. My bird dogs will become pets. You see, James tells us that it all boils down to either a superficial kind of faith or supernatural. The superficial majors on the outside, what you see people doing. Now, look, what you do is important. How you do it is important. What you say with this mouth is important. But Jesus said, 
what goes on in your heart, in the internal side of you, I'm either there or I'm not. So many people are trying to go around and look like a Christian when you ain't one on the inside yet. And 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 5 says, you're just projecting a form of religion and denying the power thereof. I'm glad Jesus said it straight when he said in John 3, 3, Verily I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see, nor will he see the kingdom of heaven. What does that mean? It means that you and I must be born from above. It it means that we must have had a supernatural birth. Today, it's very popular to go into other kind of community churches and other kind of relationships, and, and they'll be talking about, we just want you to be partners. Look, I want you to be partner, but I want you to be saved, born again, connected to Jesus. Because if you don't, I don't care what you partner up with. I don't care how many people you lead to Jesus. I don't care how many people you, or demons you expel out of somebody. I don't care how many sermons you preach. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me how faithful you are to the worship service. You're going to hell unless Jesus is on your inside. And that's up to you. Paul says, if he's on the inside, in 2 Corinthians 5, 17 and 18, you have become a new person. You have been born again, born from above, which means that you're not the same anymore. That old stony heart, that old sinful nature, that old nature of Adam is gone. I didn't say that. That ain't my belief. That's Paul's teaching. Is gone. Well, what's left? A new life has begun. What kind of new life? It's the inner new life of God. It's a gift. He give it to you when you get saved. But you have to be born again. Washed as you've heard it said, in the blood. In verse 18, it says, All this newness of life is from God who brought us back to himself through what Jesus has already done. Paul said, Yep, in Ephesians 2, you once were dead. You were even doomed forever because of your many sins. You used to live just like the rest of the world, full of sin, obeying Satan, the mighty prince of the power of the the air. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse, listen to this, who refuse to obey God. What did Jesus say in Matthew 7? Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. Why? Because they did not obey what? The will of God. What is the will of God? It's his son. It's Jesus. It's believing in him. Accepting him. Receiving him. Your works mean nothing until Jesus is on the inside.
He, Paul said, you used to live that way following the passions and desires of your old evil stony heart nature, but now you have a new heart. <laughs> Man, I used to be so doggone. People call me a hypocrite now, but I surely was a hypocrite then. I was 16 years old. I was the biggest hypocrite walk. And I was in church every Sunday and Sunday night. But during the week, Mary Jane was my buddy. Dime bag was my passion. That was a long time ago. But I ain't forgot what it was like. I ain't forgot getting drunk on cherry vodka. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Mike Franklin, are you proud of that? Are you, are you glorying in that? No. You're stupid if you smoke dope. You're stupid if you drink. Guys, tell them. One, two, three. You're stupid. You're playing with a Russian roulette gun. It will blow your brains off. You're not smart enough to deal with it. You're not strong enough to handle it. It's no good. And it will kill you. It'll kill you. You ain't strong enough for that stuff. And you don't think Satan don't know that? He knows it. He knows it. And he's got some of you so righteous and piously thinking that you can socially drink and be okay. Well, just go ahead because one day it'll happen and then it's too late. I come from a long line of alcoholics. There is a good chance that that gene runs in my blood. But you know what? It ain't going to get activated. It might be from sweet tea and lemon on the side. And Honduran coffee. Oh, God, I know I'm hooked. That's all I want to drink. Why? The same reason that an addict wants to drink. It gives, right, bud? It gives you that little bud. I ain't going to lie. I like that picker-upper. But that's as further as I'm going to go with it. Some of you say, oh, bless God, I'm not that. I'm more religious than that. I drink coffee for a different reason. Well, quit then. You'll have the same thing happening to you that happens to me. I get a headache and the quimmers, shimmers. People, you get all religious and, 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 and all, all uh, high and pious. Well, I can just quit smoking anytime I want to. Then try it. <laughs> try it. I done been there. I wouldn't put a cigarette into my lip because I ain't stupid. And then you want me to come and pray for you when you get COPD and you're about to die of lung cancer. You know why I know it's stupid to put all that stuff? Because I've had it to my lips. I've been addicted to nicotine. And many of you in here have. 
You know what I'm talking about. You say, well, I don't believe I'm addicted. Then quit. He'll know. It'll tell you. I was behind this car yesterday. Honest to God, I almost called 911. This big old puff of smoke went, whoo, out the side. I said, that car's on fire. Oh, no, it ain't. That's an electronic cigarette. It sure puts out a lot more smoke. You don't smell it, but it sure puts a whole lot more out. I had a preacher friend. Oh, no, I shouldn't let that slip. Friend. That slipped out. Tried to tell me it's okay to use that. Yeah, it's okay till you get caught. Let me tell you something. There's a lot of people slipping around doing a lot of sly things in secret. And you some of them. And some of you think, I know what you're doing. Well, maybe I do, maybe I don't. I ain't going to tell, but Jesus knows. He knows. You know, preacher was trying to win a man to Jesus. And the man said, you know what? He said, I've tried religion to this preacher. He said, it didn't help me at all. And preacher said, I know what you mean. I tried religion for 15 years and it didn't help me either. He said, you're a preacher. What do you mean religion didn't help you? He said, I didn't feel close to Jesus. I didn't care whether I prayed to Jesus. I didn't care whether I read the Bible. I didn't care about nothing. I was very religious. Until I tried Jesus. Buddy, there's a big difference in Jesus and getting real with him and getting involved in religion. Christianity is not religion. It's relationship. It's not superficial. It's supernatural. <laughs> we all, some of we all get all bent out of shape. We, we love to just, we love to run around and catch people doing things wrong. Well, Jesus caught a bunch of people doing things right <laughs> and said, you're going to hell for it. Does that make a bit of sense? Jesus said, the reason you're going to hell don't have anything to do with what you're doing. The reason you're going to hell is because you didn't have me. I didn't know you. Now, I I was listening to, uh, uh, I'm going to have to close down. I didn't even get to point number one. But I promise you, I'm going to come back on this thing. It's burning in my bones. But you ain't going to like it when I get there. But anyway. I was listening, Cindy, was that Beth Moore? Okay. Beth Moore was, she was just nailing these women. And what she was saying is, when you get saved, Jesus wants you. But we got a problem. Because the world tells us to be selfish. Selfish with our time, selfish with our money, selfish with our family, selfish with everything. And I'm listening. I like like what she says. She said, you can be saved, 
and be selfish. You see, Jesus says we must be willing to sacrifice. But you see, the world's teaching you you must be selfish. I ain't got time to go do nothing for that church. I ain't got time to go visiting. I ain't got time to tell nobody about Jesus. Why? Because you're selfish. I know I used to say something about you. I'm too busy. What you going to do when you die? What's going to happen to all that busyness then? The reason that we do commit the sins that we commit normally is because we're selfish. We're selfish. She made another interesting comment, and I promise you I'll quit on this one. I didn't quit three times, but I'll quit on this one. She said, you cannot operate today on today's spiritual food tomorrow. In other words, I thought, well, that, that makes sense. If I eat a Big Mac today, it ain't going to sustain me till lunchtime tomorrow. If I get me a whatever, I got to eat the next day. It's spiritually the same way. So some of you are thinking, well, I can just read the Bible the first of the month. and It'll get me through all the 30 days. No, it won't. No more than you trying to eat the first month physically is going to get you through that whole month. You'll die. And that's what's happening. It ain't that you ain't saved. Many of us are dying spiritually. You're selfish. You're greedy. What's mine is mine when what's yours is mine. And talk about it and I'll get mad at you. Let me tell you something. It's going to get real serious when you die. Because what you do here is going to be the golden key to where you go. And what door you step through in eternity. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Father.